Taking charge of your future starts with taking the first steps. And saving up to $30 a month on Cox Internet with the Affordable Connectivity Program makes those steps easy to take. Whether they bring you to click upload on your first short film or join now for an online book club. Applying is easy. See if you qualify at cox.com slash ACP. Non-transferable one per household application and eligibility decisions are made by the FCC. Diwali, the Festival of Lights, is a vibrant and colorful celebration. We invite you to celebrate Diwali with a stroll through the enchanting Meadowlark Botanical Gardens, adorned with lighted trees and displays on our half-mile paved trail with 500,000 sparkling lights at Meadowlark's Winter Walk of Lights in Vienna, Virginia. Get to Meadowlark's Winter Walk of Lights open November 10th through January 7th. Save time and money by purchasing a ticket online at winterwalkoflights.com. You're about to experience the life-giving teaching of Bishop Kevin Foreman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center. To find out more about Dr. Foreman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at www.harvestcc.me. And no matter what, remember, love God, love people, and love life. Hallelujah. Listen, in the weekend, we've been in a series of teachings called Relationship Revolution, and we're going to go another further in that today. Somebody shout, this is good. Now, I know you ain't heard it yet, so if it's your first time, you're like, well, I ain't heard it yet. Hi, I know it's good. Trust me, when you come to Harvest, on our worst day, it's still going to be good for you. Somebody ought to give God praise for that. Amen. Remain standing. Lift your Bibles out. Let's make our confession of faith together. It's there on the screen. If you don't have a Bible, just lift your hand and say this. Say, this is... My Bible. Keep going. It is the living word of God. It gives me abundant life. I am not just a hearer of the word. I'm a doer of the word. This word teaches me that I am more than a conqueror. My spirit and my mind are prepared to receive and apply the message. Hallelujah. Remain standing. Let's go to Psalm chapter 11. We're going to look at one scripture, just one simple scripture. And from that very simple scripture, we're going to go into a plethora of uh, principles that are going to help us in relationships. How many folk know our relationships need some help? And in this relationship revolution, we're not just talking about meriting or dating relationships. We're talking about all relationships. Somebody say all relationships. Psalm chapter 11, verse number 3. Throughout the worship experience, you can tweet me at Bishop Foreman or at Harvest underscore CC. It's going to come up on the screen periodically. Psalm 11, verse 3. You got it? Here it is. It says, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Now, the righteous, uh, that's anybody that believes in Jesus Christ. He gives us his righteousness as a free gift. Righteousness means we're in right standing with God. Look at your neighbor and say, according to God, you're in right standing. And if you're not, hear me, by the end of this worship experience, we're going to believe that you are. So in other words, he's saying, it doesn't matter, watch this, if you're spiritual, if you're building on a busted foundation. It doesn't matter how much you pray, how much you fast, how much you worship, how much you give. If your foundation is jacked, what can the spiritual do? What can the righteous do? So today we're going to do some digging and we're going to get to the foundations of our relationships. And today we're going to fix the faulty foundations in our relationships. Father, I decrease that you might increase. Speak to me now that we might move and walk in what you have ordained. We thank you that you would tailor make, customize this word for us, your people. And it is in Jesus' name we pray. Somebody shout hallelujah. As you take your seats, I have two or three people tell them faulty foundations, faulty uh, today's message was originally going to be called Don't Date Dirty. <laughs> uh, but a few days... Uh, 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 that's where we were going to go. But, 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 uh, but a few days ago, I wanted to expand the territory that we cover. And so t- throughout this message today, I'm going to jump in and out of all types of relationships to marital and dating relationships. Now, yeah, I want to say this. There are many teaching resources already available on the subjects we're going to cover today. Uh, and, and, and I encourage you to go and avail yourself to that because you may be failing relationship tests that there was a cheat sheet for. And some of the stuff you're sitting around praying about and struggling with, and God, I don't know about this, and God, I don't know about this, your answer has been on a CD sitting on a shelf that you're supposed to go get. Touch your neighbor and say, you need some help. Yes, you do. I don't care if you think you are the relationship guru. Have you Listen, it's barbers who need to get a haircut. It's, it's beauty shop ladies whose hair looks toe up from the floor. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. 
It's estheticians and folks that do nails whose hands look like they've been working on the railroad all day long. So you might be able to help other people with theirs, but it's often sometimes very difficult for you to do what you need to do with your own. Say, we're in a relationship revolution. Say that. Well, that is a sudden, complete, and drastic change in the way we relate to one another. And so I want to jump right into the meat today. Uh, there are eight must-haves. Say eight, eight. must-haves for the foundation of every relationship. Must-have number one is clarity. Must-have number one is clarity. We're going to use alliteration today, so all of the must-haves start with C. Uh, number one is clarity. Now, the word foundation means the underlying justification. Can I ask you a question? Have you ever asked yourself of all relationships in your life, why does this relationship exist? Most people never ask this question, and they waste so much of their life in relationships never getting clarity. And so they go from casual relationship to casual relationship, from casual friend to casual friend, from casual dating to casual this, and you never ask yourself, well, why in the world does this relationship exist? People exist to do one of four things. They're going to add to you, they're going to subtract from you, they're going to multiply you, or they're going to divide you. Now, you need to figure out, everybody in your life, which are you doing to me? Which means, does your presence add to me or does it take from me? Because if it takes from me, what we have here is a problem. Somebody say clarity. Uh, the second definition uh, of the word foundation means the lowest load-bearing part of a building, typically below ground level. Now hear me, Harvest. Relationships are doors into the future. Every relationship in your life is a door. And since you pick who you're in relationship with, you decide your future. Stop living life saying, well, whatever happens, happens. No, it's whatever you make happen that happens. Well, whatever the Lord wants for me, it is for me. No, that's not true. Read your Bible. In the Bible, people got what they were willing to go out and fight for, not just what they were willing to set up and have somebody else bring to them so watch this watch this every relationship every friend every acquaintance every person you text every person you facebook every person you tweet all of those are doors and the issue with modern culture is that because we live in a facebook culture now folk the way they do relationship is well when i don't like you no more i'll just unfriend you the problem is, is in real world, that don't work like that because now you didn't told them your secrets and you didn't told them this and you didn't gave them part of you. And there's some folk you should be quitting, but you're scared to quit because you gave them too much of you. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. Touch your neighbor and say, you're a door. Now listen, since I get to pick you, I get to pick my future, which means if I'm mad with the, with the life I currently have, I need to start picking my relationships better. It's real quiet up in here. So, so, so now watch this, watch this, watch this. For relationships to get better, the people in them must get better first. L listen to me. Let me help all y'all. I'm going to talk real straight today because I understand in Denver, y'all don't understand when I give you Hebrew and Greek and all that. So I just got to speak real straight to you. Listen, your marriage is not getting better until the individuals get better. If it's toe up, it's going to stay toe up until individuals get up. If your friendships are toe up, they're not getting better until the individuals in the relationship get better. You are a fool if you're trying to fix a union without fixing the individuals in the union. So if relationships to get better, the people in them must get better first. Listen to this. There's no such thing as a good relationship with bad people or a healthy relationship with unhealthy people. Somebody say clarity. All right. So now watch this. Uh, so foundation, those two definitions. But watch this. Uh, the word faulty means working badly or unreliably because of imperfections. If the foundation of a relationship is faulty, hear me, Harvest. Hear me, all of y'all who think you know more than God. The relationship, it, watch this. If the foundation of a relationship is faulty, which means it's working badly and unreliably, the relationship will fail when a strong enough storm comes. It is not a matter of if, it is a matter of when. Okay, all right, see, 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 here it is, because, okay, all right, so I got to bring us all into reality. Uh, when Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans some years ago, uh, they believed that the levees were going to be strong enough because, watch this, up until that point, every storm they had faced, the levees were strong enough to support the influx of water. But then there was a storm named Katrina. And when she came, by the way, her name means purging or cleansing. And when she came, see, there's some storms you got in your relationships. And God says, I'm trying to get you up out of this mess. Would you just let the storm? But you, 
So when Katrina came, she came with a level of force that no storm had ever come with. And so they discovered that what they thought they had, they didn't have. And thousands of people lost their lives because the foundations of the levees were not strong enough to support the level of storm that came. So, so, so watch this. If the relationship, if the foundation's faulty, it will fail when a Category 5 comes. Your category one be like, oh, we made it through thick and thin. Baby, that was a category one. Yeah, we made it through two, that was category two. Made it through three, that's category three. But when a five comes, y'all know I like movies. I went to see, I was so uh, disappointed. I went to see, I went to see a movie because uh, I thought it was going to be like Twister 2. And I'm not going to say the name of the movie, but sometimes you go into the storm. And, and I'm not going to say the name of the movie, though, but... But, but I, I went to the movie, and I, I mean, I was hyped. I was like, this is for to be, woo, because I like Twister 1. I like movies about nature and, and, and tornadoes and stuff like that. That excites me, and I don't want to be in one. I want to watch them on the TV, on the picture box, you follow. And so, uh, and so I'm just thinking, man, this is for to be it. And so, you know, normally, uh, you know, I'm all, my phone is always on. It's always going. I'm always handling business. And so I'm like, I'm going to put the phone away for this one. I like this is for to be some this is for to be it because this is Twister Two I thought. And I got into the movie I was like ooh this is for to be it and as I'm watching I'm like God uh, where my phone at? <laughs> I took I took my phone out and, and I was probably doing more stuff on my phone than the movie. I kind of checked with what was going on with the movie and I look back down at my phone. Here's the point I'm making is that oftentimes when when the right size storm comes it's going to tell you what you really have. Don't think longevity means success. So the first must-have is clarity. I, I can see the 915. It's going to take, we're going to have to get y'all. That's all right. Cool. All right. All right. So number one is what? Clarity. Why does this relationship exist? Why? We love each other. That ain't no reason. There's going to need to be some more than that. Because let me tell you why. Because love don't pay bills. Love, watch this, ain't going to fix broken trust. Telling the truth is going to fix some broken trust. Y'all ain't saying that to me. Love is a decision that produces emotions, but love in itself is not an emotion. But we're very familiar with the emotional components of love, but not with the very practical components of the decision of love. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Why does this relationship exist? Because if this foundation is faulty, it is not a matter of if. It is a matter of when a Category 5 comes and it's going to puff, and it's going to puff, and then you sitting there saying, I've been in this for 20 years. We've been friends for 40 years. We used to go to, to kinder school together. We've been friends for 50 years. We've been dating since I knew them from fourth grade. How did this happen? Because you never had what you thought you had. You painted a busted foundation. Number two must have, you got to have is Christ. Now, now, now watch this. Bad relationships of any kind can interfere with your relationship with God. Just ask Moses. Moses had an issue with the people he was leading. And Moses' issue with the people he was leading made him, God, God, they needed water. Somebody said they needed water. I said somebody say they needed water. All right, so at Harvest, everybody, if it's your first time, so when I say something and say you talk back, so then we talk back. We have a relationship together. You understand what I'm saying? All right, here we go. So, 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 so uh, uh, they needed some water. And so the Lord said to Moses, he said, Moses, I want you to speak to the rock and command water to come from the rock. Now, here's what was happening is the rock was actually a type of Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus manifested himself as the rock. Uh, and so when Moses spoke to the rock, Jesus was going to produce the water that they needed. Simple, right? Moses was so angry at the people he was in relationship with that he beat the rock. Amen. And when he beat the rock, he was beating Jesus. So Jesus said, I told you to speak, but you wanted to hit. And you hit me because you were mad with them. Watch this. His relationship with God got out of whack because he had a problem with them. Y'all not hear what I'm saying. You, you got to be careful when people get you from praying and get you from serving and get you from worshiping and get you from coming to church. I'm here to tell you that people will have you mad at God. And the truth is you really got a problem with them, not with God. So, so, so watch this. So, so, so watch this. So, so say Christ. All right. All right. So watch this. Watch this. In any relationship, you must love Jesus more than them or it's over. 
Bishop, I'm praying for you. But then until they get Jesus, then just keep on praying for him. <laughs> I knew y'all weren't going to like this endeavor. That's cool. I got one another shout you in a minute. Uh, watch this. Watch this. You must love Jesus more than them or it's over in any kind of relationship. They must love Jesus more than you or it's over. If Jesus is not at the center of every relationship in your life, you are wasting your time. Point blank, bottom line. There's no negotiations because God doesn't negotiate with terrorists. You got that one? Okay. All right. Say, Jesus must be the center. It's a must-have for your foundation. Here's why. It's real simple. The Bible says God is love. Everybody say God is love. That's simple, right? So that means love is what? God. Now, here's the deal. In a relationship, if God is love, but the relationship is void of God, you saying you love me is at best a lie. You can't because the source of love ain't here. Y'all not going to say nothing to me. So every friend you've got that doesn't know Jesus that tells you they love you, I got to break the news to you. It's a lie because if God is love but God ain't in the foundation, you don't love me. You like me a lot. You can't love me. It's impossible. Impossible in Espanol? See, si. Gracias. <laughs> All right, you ready for number three? <laughs> ready for number three? All right, the, the third must-have in the foundation of every relationship is character. Watch this. Relationships reveal character. Now, let me explain character. Character is who a person really is versus their reputation. So their reputation may be that they're nice, but their character is whether or not they are. Their reputation may be that they're concerned, but their character is whether or not they really are. So watch this. Watch this. Uh, why are you in relationship with folks that you know are a lie? Your foundation is missing character. It's just not there. Okay. Well, I don't know. That, I know they don't lie to me. You know what Jesus told his. You know what Jesus told his apostles, the sent ones. Jesus said to them, he was sending them on a mission, and they were going to have to deal with people. They were going to have to deal with church folk. You know what Jesus told them? Jesus said, be wise as a serpent. Amen. Now, serpent in scripture means deceiver. So listen to what God told his sent people. He said, think like a liar, but don't be one. He, he, he said, because look, Matthew 10, 16, great job, guys. Here it is. I'm sending you as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as a deceiver, but be harmless as a dove, which is a type of the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost is a gentleman. He doesn't force himself. You got to let him in. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, so, so check this out. Check this out. Check this out. Jesus told his own folk. He said, listen, I, I need you to be careful and make sure that when you're going out and dealing with these folk, that you don't treat their reputation like that's their character. In other words, don't take them at trust, but verify. Oh, really? Y'all divorced? Oh, okay, good. Rappahoe County website. Let me just double check and verify that. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. And that's why you sitting up in the prayer line mad and stressed out because you didn't check their character. You just... Oh, your credit is good? Thank you. TransUnion.com. Free annual report. Get one free one a year. Let me see that, player. Let me get that right there. Let me see that. The whole thing. No, it says seven or eight. Where's page eight? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Say character. Watch this. Can I say something real? real, real, real? Now, this is, I know, a sobering kind of message because in, in, in most relationships, you know, everything in life is people, but the most difficult thing about life is people. But everything in life is people. Even if you're in business, well, there are people buying your products. Everything is people. Listen, if you don't trust them, your relationship is over. And you two are the only ones that don't know it yet. Whatever kind of relationship. This is over. Now, watch this. But, Bishop, we can rebuild trust. Listen to me. If trust is broken, sometimes it can be rebuilt. You need to know that. But it takes great time, takes great maturity, and it takes great humility. Normally, what's, once trust is fractured, what you deal with is a suspicion for the remainder of the duration of that relationship. 
And that's why, that's why you got to be real careful when you're in relationship with people who don't care that they violated your trust. They treated it so flimsily and so carelessly. You got to be careful with folk like that because those people have already told you what they are. There's a story I've told before about a lady who was driving down the road. She was driving down the road. She sees a snake in the road. And she gets the snake, she puts the snake in her car, and she nurses the snake back to help. She helps, helps the snake, she feeds the snake, she go catch the snake some mice so the snake can eat. She does everything that the snake needs. And then eventually, what eventually ends up happening is that one day the snake gets strong and it returns to its normal way. See, when people are broke down and in their valley, they're normally a little bit different than when they are when they're in their prime. When you, get in, when, you, when you get in a valley, you normally are like the prodigal son. You get in want. And so when you get in want, you lose discretion. So when you lose discretion, you'll, you'll alter what it is that you really are and who you really would be simply so that you can ease the pain of being in want. So the snake was in want, so he didn't bite the woman because she was feeding him. Because the snake was in want, he was real nice to her. So, so, so he hissed in the back of the cage. But, but, but once he got strong enough, he bites the woman, and, and, and the woman gets sick, woman dies. Now, there's several different versions of the story, so this is today's version. It's a parable. Now, now check this out, y'all. She says to the snake, how could you do me like this? I loved you. I was there for you. I was there for you when nobody else was there for you. When everybody else walked away, I was there. He looked at the woman and said, you knew up front I was a snake. Now, just because I wasn't acting like what I was didn't mean that my character had changed. You got friends you know good and doggone well they ain't for you, but you keep on talking to them because you're in want. You better learn how to turn that want to Jesus and say, look, he's the friend that sticks closer. To Do I have any witnesses in here? Say character. If you treat my trust in you lightly, then it's time for me to dismiss you. Let me parenthetically instead of commercial break brought to you on behalf of Jesus Christ International Ministry and Bishop Foreman. Let's welcome all of those in the overflow section today. We're excited you're with us at the 915 experience. All right, all right, all right. I say, 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 say character. Who are they really? Not who they told you they are. Deeds communicate desires. What they do tells you what they desire. All that talking is that, is talking. You got it? And you too grown for this. <laughs> for those of y'all that know what that is, I... <laughs> all right, you ready? Where we at? Number four? Is that where we're at? Number four is chemistry. This has to be in your foundation. Has to be in your foundation. Can I ask you something? Why are you in a relationship with folk you don't even really like? Matter of fact, when you see their name on your phone, you let it ring, hoping that it's going to get to that last ring and it's going to go to voicemail. And then when you answer, you answer like it was on accident. Oh, okay, hello? <laughs> Somebody said chemistry. chemistry. All right, Amos 3.3 says, can two walk together unless they are agreed? In other words, how are folk going to walk together if the chemistry stinks? Do you get along with and like the people you're in relationship with? If not, why in your relationship? I remember there was a lady years ago who came to me, Bishop, I need you to help me get this whippersnapper in shape. And I said, but why? You, if he all that, I mean, and she would just down talk him, I mean, in front of everybody and anybody. And he'd just stand there and just kind of, oh, whoop to do it. I said, God, dog. I said, she got her a good one. Because she just, she just down, put you down in front of everybody. I said, and you just standing there, he, he, he. I said, oh. Well, okay, I see how this works. <laughs> She's the dude, and you're okay, I see how it works. Okay, I didn't know. I didn't know. And, and she, I mean, she, she, she just would really, she, she, would, she would tell me, Bishop, I need you to help me get this whippersnapper in shape, and I need you to do this, and I'm just probably going to leave him. I'm not sure. I said, you know what? I just don't understand what y'all are doing. I said, this is the biggest waste of time I've ever seen in the historicity, I made the word up, of time. But Bishop, why are you saying that? Because watch this. Many people stay in relationship out of a feeling of obligation, but not chemistry. And in chemistry, 
in natural chemistry, watch this, uh, if you mix the wrong ingredients and the wrong uh, uh, components together and the wrong chemicals together, you're going to have an explosion. Well, that's why some folk, not you, you're spiritual, but your neighbor has had a lot of relationship explosions is because they never really had chemistry. They had obligation. And while obligation is a nice principle, it's got to be more than obligation. That's why the scripture says when you give, give not grudgingly nor of necessity. Uh, in other words, out of a compulsive obligation. He says, don't do it like I got to do this. No, I got to pay my tithes. You get to pay your tithes. I got to go to church. You get to come to church. I got to go serve. You get to serve. You ain't doing nobody no favors. I got to pray. You get to pray. You ought to be glad that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the creator of the heavens, and you ought to be thankful he wants to talk to you. Can, I be, can we get a couple witnesses in here? After all the wrong we've done, we serve a Jesus that says, I still want to talk to you. you. You get to pray. You don't got to. Ain't doing God no favor. So watch, watch this, watch this. In Genesis 29, 32, y'all all right? In Genesis 29, 32, I think the 11, 15 is going to win today's challenge. Uh, <laughs> uh, in Genesis 29, 32, uh, they're going to put it up on the screen for you. I want you to see this. Say chemistry. Now, before, actually, before we read this, look at me. I want to give you the background. So what happens is uh, Jacob is working for his relative uh, Laban. And as he's working for Laban, he really wants uh, one of Laban's daughters named Rachel. Rachel was the younger but the oldest daughter was Leah. And the Bible says Leah had delicate eyes. Delicate eyes, the Bible says. And, um, and so uh, Jacob really wasn't into Leah. You got it? He was like, she's nice. You know, like somebody, what you think of so-and-so? They got a real nice personality. Do we, we all understand what that is code for. She's beautiful, but... Didn't Bishop preach today? Didn't he preach? <laughs> All right, so now watch this. Uh, so, so Jacob was like, I'm not really, I'm not really into Rachel, I, I, or excuse me, into Leah. I really want Rachel. And so Laban, uh, uh, Laban ends up tricking Jacob, and they get married. And on the date they go into the marriage tent to consummate their marriage, uh, you know, Jacob would just, you know, just like, you know, come on, girl, let's go. And um, so, but he didn't actually look at her face. So the next day, he look over and he like. Hey, Laban, <laughs> we need to talk. And Laban's like, oh, that wasn't Rachel? For real? Man, I tell you what. Well, you know the Hebrew custom, so you got to take the older first. So work for me a little bit more time. I'll give you Rachel. So then Jacob ends up working over 14 years to get Rachel. So Rachel must have been a bad woman. You understand me? Rachel must I mean, Rachel was. And ladies, stop getting all that lady attitude. Listen, you attend too. You stop getting all that. If there's a woman next to you, tell her, say, you attend. It's all right. Just give her a copy. Tell her you attend. But I'm just saying, for 14 years? That had to be a bad woman. Other than that, I'd be, but I'm going to just take Leah in because I ain't trying to do this. But no, that's, uh, we'll work it out. <laughs> I'll learn to love her. <laughs> now, watch this. So, what happens is, is now uh, Jacob is married. He's got, he eventually has two wives, which was customary of the culture in certain instances at that time. So, now he's got Leah, who he didn't really like, didn't really love. Now he's got Rachel. Now, Leah begins to have children. Stay with me, Harvard. Leah begins to have children. Where I'm from, we don't call them children. We call them children. C-H-U-R-R-I-N. Children. Now, watch this. <laughs> now, now, Leah is thinking to herself, I know we don't have chemistry. I know he don't like me. Because the moment he found out it was me, he went to my daddy to try to exchange me. Y'all not going to say nothing to me? So I already know, I already know he don't like me. I already know he doesn't love me. But, but, but watch this. She, she starts saying, but if I keep on having kids, 
Maybe kids will make us better. And I need to tell somebody today, quite literally, you popping out children ain't going to make him or her love you anymore. You're going to complicate your mess by adding the innocent to your mess. You better lock it up until y'all can get it right. So look at what Leah does. She does what many people do in relationships. And I'm going to deal with it literally, and then I'm going to move from literal to a very philosophical point. Are y'all still here? So look at Genesis 29, 32. She says, Leah conceived the verse and bore a son and she called his name Reuben. Listen, she says, for surely the Lord has looked upon my infliction. So watch this. She's sitting here praying, saying, God, I'm being afflicted because this man won't love me. But I knew up front he didn't want me. I knew up front there was no chemistry here. But I was lonely. So look at what she says. Now, therefore... Because I popped this boy out. Now maybe my husband will love me. It's quiet in here. So let me, I need to say something real straight. Let me deal with this real, real practically. Y'all looking at me, Harvest? All right, if you don't hear nothing else I say today, you're going to remember this part. Jacob didn't mind having sex with her. But he just didn't love her. Stop thinking physical intimacy fixes what's jacked up in your foundation. It doesn't. It often just prolongs the inevitable. Just because they lay with you don't mean they love you. And in fact, if you're that cheap, no wonder why they won't. I know this is rough for Denver. I don't care. Somebody's got to tell you what somebody should have told you. Because I, I sit on the other side of it. I sit on the side that's got to fix all the stuff that was broken in the foundation. So I sit, on the, I sit on the side where the tears are flowing. And I sit on the side of where the divorce lawyers are involved. And I, I sit on the side where it's broke. And now you're trying to fix what the foundation's jacked up. So because I sit on that side, I got to tell you what to do on this side so you don't have to go to that side. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. So she thinks to herself, well, somebody say, I got so many friends. That's because you pay for everything. Okay, you, you do it, you're, you're pulling a Leah. If I do this, they'll love me. If love is based on a if I do this, you don't have love. You have strong like at best. In any relationship, in any relationship, if, in any relationship, it's quiet in here. Some of y'all know when you were in high school and stuff and you was the one with the car. Did you ever notice how many friends you had when you were the one with the car? And you didn't even have to have no nice car. Come on, let's be honest. You could have had a hoopty. But everybody was like, oh, shoot. Hey, girl. Where you going for lunch? When you're off period here. But there was no real chemistry. Got it? Are y'all still here? Okay. Number five. We're talking about the things you need in your foundation. Competency competency all right now when you think of competent that just means that somebody is able to fulfill their end of a deal their end of the bargain that's competency all right if somebody is a competent salesperson they can get sales if somebody is a confident technician they can fix the problem if somebody is a competent nurse they can make you feel better if somebody is a competent doctor they can diagnose and give a prognosis for the problem does this make sense all right so in relationships we don't often consider is this person competent can they fulfill their end of the deal? Now, let me give you an example, or let me give you a principle, rather. When you question competency, in the question is the answer. When you question competency, in the question is the answer. Anybody ever been on the phone with a customer service rep that you didn't think was competent? Okay, if you've never been on the phone with a customer service rep that you didn't think was competent, you've been the rep we were on the phone with. All right, you ever been on the phone, you're like, what are they, what? Ma'am, this and that. But what are you talking about, sir? This and that. Okay, got this. So then you'll say something like this to yourself. You're a real good Christian, so, so you don't say nothing real crazy. But, you know, you'll be like, man, these people, what are these people doing? In your question is the answer. You don't think they know what they're doing. Okay? If you take your car to the car wash and they, they scratch up your rims. I know you're a real Christian, but you're still paying them rims off. So, you know, you like, <laughs> Me scratching up my rims. Okay, I'm being funny. Here's the deal. 
Uh, and you'll be like, man, I can't believe these people did that. Implied in your question, or in this case, your statement, is the answer. These people don't know how to wash a car right. So now watch this. Y'all still here. So when it comes to competency in a relationship, you have to ask yourself this question. Is this person able to fulfill their end of the deal? Got it? If it's a marriage, can this person actually do the duties of a husband? Or, or okay, I'm going to wait to say that for the next one. Uh, can she do the duties of a wife? Got it? And by the way, you don't get to test them duties out. Well, Bishop, you got to test her out of the car. Ooh, that ain't scripture. No. No. That's why your foundation tore up. You test drove it so much, you can't get the same value for it now when you want to. Got a lot of miles on it. That's your neighbor say, go on and laugh. Ain't no sense of sitting up here looking at me crazy like that. Fix your cross out for Ain't no sense of looking at me like that. I'm telling you the scriptures. <laughs> Look at me like that all you want. So let me give you an example. This is one of the, this, I, 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 I hear this often. I hear this very often. I'm just, these messages are just from the stuff that, 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 that is biblical, but the stuff that I deal with as, as, as helping people to navigate their challenges and navigate their issues. So let me give you an example in marriages. Wives, do you trust your husband as a leader? Yes. No, I'm not asking. <laughs> no, some of you, no, it's rhetorical. It's rhetorical. <laughs> But y'all good, though. Y'all responded. Y'all understand order. Very good. Protocol. So somebody's leading. Amen. Now, watch this. Watch this. If you don't, implied, watch this, implied in you not believing that he's a good leader explains why you won't submit. The answer's there. You won't submit because you don't trust him to lead. It's just that simple. Ain't no prayers to pray for that. Ain't no 12 keys to that. You just don't trust them to lead you. Got it? Okay. All right. Husbands, if you don't trust your wives to be able to. See, women are birthers. Women are birthers. Women can take nothing and turn it into something. I think I got a few of them kind of women in here. Women can take some beans and hot dogs and come up with a gourmet meal and. It is the very nature of a woman. A woman takes a seed, takes that seed, something uh, that is microscopic and visible to the human eye, and then turns it into something the size of a watermelon in a period of 10 months. Amen. Women are birthers. But now check this out. If a man cannot trust, I'm dealing in the context of marriage, if a man cannot trust a woman to be able to take what this man has and he, watch this, him be able to trust her with it, then it explains why he don't want to talk to you. He don't trust you. That's why he don't want to talk to you. Ain't no prayer to pray for that. He just don't trust you. It's quiet in the church. Okay? All right. All right. Number, what number are we on? Six. There's only how many? Eight. So number six. You ready for this next one? Okay. And then I'm going to shout you at the end. Is, uh, is contribution. Contribution. So I, I need to know somebody's competent. I, I, need to know, I need to know there's chemistry. I need to know that we have clarity. I need to know all those things. But, but then I need to know that I'm in relationship of any type with somebody that can contribute to me, not just consume from me. Yeah. Say mutual, mutual contribution. contribution. Come on, 915, talk to me. Say mutual, mutual. Contribution. contribution. Why are you in relationships with folk where you're the only giver? You're the only one that makes any accommodations of any type. Any type of relationship. Why is that? Watch this. Listen to this. Relationships are transactions, not just interactions. Most people approach relationships very emotionally opposed to very practically. So it's all about I feel. When people start telling me about I feel this and I feel that, I normally at that point then begin to deduce that I'm dealing with someone that I should no longer listen to. Bishop, why? Because they're dealing in a realm that God doesn't deal in. God doesn't deal in the realm of emotions. The word emotions, the basic etymology of the word e out of motion, out of change. So out of change come emotions, come feelings. The issue is, is that when the change subsides, what happens is, is that your emotions will be different because you're now out of change. So now your emotion is different. I use this analogy this week and I love this. So I'm going to use it again. Uh, think of it like this. If this is a plane, anybody like my plane, this is a plane. 
Got it? This is a plane. And so somebody give me a prop for the next one, so for the 1115. So I got a real plane. Don't have to be no big plane, just a little plane. As a matter of fact, get it from one of them backpacks and give me a little plane. All right. Or go take it from one of the kids. Go jack one of the kids and take their plane. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. So watch this. This is a plane, and the plane hits turbulence. Anybody ever been on a real turbulent flight? You find Jesus real quick, don't you? <laughs> you may not even be a Christian, but you go, oh, how about Mississippi, Mississippi, Mississippi? You're going to find it. Normally, when I fly, I fly often, and, and normally when I fly, you know, the flights are fine. There's a few. But let me tell you, this last time, last, I think the last time I was going to Dallas or coming from or one of the two, this flight, I was like, God, dog. I said, the devil don't want me to get there because... That thing, I mean, just was drop it and just drop it and just drop it. And, and you know, I, listen, I don't know about you, but I, you know, I, I ain't scared to take I just, you know, I just, uh, that don't work for me. So the plane just dropping and dropping and dropping. So I'm just grabbing real hard. I'm just like, oh, God. And people are like, are you okay? I'm fine. You just worry about you. I'm worried about my mask dropping. This thing tells you to put your mask on first before you try to worry about somebody else's. Listen. Too many of us are trying to put their mask on, and we didn't get ours on, so then. So, I mean, it's just dropping. I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, and then, then you think it's over, and I'm like, whoo, let me close my eyes. Soon I close my eyes. It's a I'm like, this is not going to work for me. I need to go talk to him because he evidently didn't command his morning today. So. And, and, and so, so the turbulence is going. Now, check this out. Check this out. When you're in turbulence, say change. change. Say motion. Now, here's what happens. If, if this is you going through changes in life or you experiencing uh, uh, changes or motion in life, what happens is, is the purpose of emotions is to try to get you to stabilize. But the issue with your emotions is they're born from your turbulence, not from your stability. So what happens is, is now you fly off the handle because you learn that when you have change, I got to fly off the handle so I feel better so I can get stable. The problem is, is that when you're stable, you don't need that level of emotion to bring stability. Bishop, what are you trying to say? Is that when you're dealing in relationship with people, you got to understand that when people are very, uh, don't deal in the realm of practicality, but only deal in the realm of emotions, you're dealing with a ticking time bomb. Because they will snap crackle and pop y'all here all right so say contribution now let me ask you this from all you're wanting from people what do you give to people what do you bring to the table i bring my love seven billion people can bring love you need to bring something else let me bring some more touch your neighbor say some more some more is a southern colloquialism for some more okay I bring my this and that. What do you bring to the table? See, we often don't look at relationships as transactions. We just look at them as interactions. So for all the friends you have in your life, what do they bring to the table? And I'm not saying you enter every relationship, what's in it for me, what's in it for me, what's in it for me? No, but you do need to say, well, what, 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 what do you bring to the table? Relationships are nothing but negotiations. See, nobody's ever told it to you like this. These are the, I'm just really, I feel today. Okay, well, your feeling's going to change. Yesterday, I felt like Chinese food. So, I uh, dined vivaciously on Chinese food. Day for that, I felt like a salad. I had a salad. Day for that, I felt like barbecue. I had barbecue. Day for that, I just knew I had to eat before church started. <laughs> so, I said, get me the closest restaurant around y'all. <laughs> and I scarfed it down because I had to deliver the word of the Lord. Day for that, I don't know what I ate. I don't even remember, which tells me it probably wasn't that good. <laughs> Do you see my point? Your feelings change depending upon your emotions. So in relationship, you have to say to yourself, well, what is being brought to the table? Are you just consuming from me? Or do you bring a contribution to me? And am I just consuming from you? Or do you bring a contribution to me? See, in codependent relationships, you get an unhealthy view of contribution. Because you think, I need them. I got to have them. I need them. That is unhealthy. The best relationships of all kinds, friendships, dating, marriage, are where someone compliments you, not completes you. Can I tell you something? If a human completes you... A human will also deplete you. Yeah. 
He said, my better half. That ain't in the scriptures. That ain't nowhere in the book. The book said a hundred and a hundred. A completed one and a completed one form a new completed one. It's real quiet in the church. So Proverbs 30, here it is. Here it is. There's only two more and we through. Proverbs 30, verse number 15. You got it? You've seen this verse before. I like this verse. Here it is. The leech has two daughters. Give me and give me some more. There are three things that are never satisfied. Four, never say enough. Now, 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 in relationship, you got to say what is brought to the table. Got it? There's been friendships I've been in, uh, 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 um, and, and I've thought to myself, you know what? I'm the only one that calls. I'm the only one say Merry Christmas. I'm the only one say Happy New Year. I'm the only one send a pastor anniversary card. I'm the only one send a church anniversary. I said, you know what? You don't even say thank you. I said, so what I'm doing is I'm going to reallocate those funds. T touch your neighbor say dismiss. If people keep consuming from you and never make any contributions to you, whatever that means, got it? Then what's going to happen is eventually you're going to become mean, nasty, bitter, and content. And then you won't trust nobody. But that's because you let one somebody empty your bank account out. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so this time, this time I, I had to just dismiss somebody not that recently. I said, I, I just, you know, I just, I just, this, 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 I just don't, no. Because all I see is give me and give me some more. Where's the contribution? Where, where, where is the, where, 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 what is being brought to the table? Got it? I'll do, I'll do my part, but do something. Got it? If you're the only one in your friendships that calls to say happy graduation to your daughter or whatever, got it? I heard you in the hospital. And didn't nobody call you and tell you nothing. Here's the deal. Say, say, say contribution. Okay. You got to ask. This is a sobering question, right? Because now it's making you look at all the relationships. You're like, you're like, you know what? Some of y'all going to go from 400 contacts in your phone this week to two. One going to be the church number. The other going to be the church text line. You're going to be like, I just can't fool with nothing. Because these folk ain't loyal. Wait till the 11 15. Now watch this. Pray for me. Okay. What's brought to the table? Look at the neighbor and say, what do you bring to the deal? What do you bring? Got it? And it's not just about what's in it for me. It's about, well, I need to make sure I'm bringing something to the table too. See, watch this. Let me, are you single ladies talking about I just want a godly man? You need to be a godly woman. Since y'all ain't saying nothing, 915, come on, one button. Here we go. I want a man with good credit. Your credit is tore up. Pay them collections off, baby. Pay them off. Pay them off. Just pay them off. For what all you want, what do you bring? I want somebody that's going to be honest with me, but you lie. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And we all have to evaluate ourselves. We all have to evaluate ourselves. We all have to. And say, for what I'm asking for, what do I bring? Remember, it's the boomerang effect. For what I'm asking for, what do I bring? If you want people to not fly off the handle with you, why you fly off the handle with people? You don't like when folk cuss you, so why you cuss folk? It's quiet up in here. Okay, here we go. Uh, number uh, seven. We only got one more. Number seven. Y'all okay? Are we learning? Now, this, is, this is sobering stuff because it makes us evaluate life and just say, Lord, do it. Lord, do it. This is something you're going to have to do. Quite often. All right, number seven, communication. This is must-have number seven in your foundation, communication. Now, I want to show you a scripture that's often used in a different way, but I'm going to go to old-school King James Version, so I don't even know if we have that. I didn't tell them in advance. But 1 Corinthians 15.33, the old King James Version says it like this. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. 
Watch this. Evil, in the Hebrew sense of evil, means contrary to, bad. So, in other words, the Apostle Paul is saying here on the surface. Now, it goes on to mean some other things. Uh, the New King James says it like this, bad morals corrupt good company, uh, or co- a bad company corrupt good morals. But, but I want to use it in the old King James Version. It says, be not deceived. Evil communication corrupts good manners. L- look at me, Harvest. If there's no communication in the relationship, I'd like to know what it is you call that. You don't actually have a relationship. What you have is two folk that know of each other. What, whatever context, friends, dating, marriage, whatever. There's no communication. There is no relationship. And look what the Bible says. And if the communication is bad, no wonder you got a bad attitude. Look at it. Evil communication corrupt good manners. So when you're in relationship with people who don't communicate well, it makes you now act like that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Be not deceived. Evil or contrary communications corrupt good behavior. They make you act crazy because you don't really know what's going on. So here's what happens. We conclude on our own. Since you won't tell me what you're thinking, I got to conclude what you're thinking. Since you won't tell me why you didn't come to the barbecue, I got to conclude why you didn't come to the barbecue. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. So when there's bad communication, all of a sudden now, we've got bad behavior. If you see somebody that's got a bad attitude, if they're married, check that. Because their inability to communicate with you stems from that. It's quiet in this church. I ain't never heard it this quiet. Say communication. communication. Now, there's tons of teachings I've done on communication, so I don't have time to do an in-depth teaching. But you, you, I encourage you to avail yourself to the teachings on communication that are available uh, in the bookstore and cafe. Because, because communication, oftentimes, you're just communicating the way you were communicated with as a child. And so if as a child you weren't communicated with at all, then that's why you don't see any need to do it with people today. But just think about it. What kind of friendship is it where you sit on the phone and don't nobody say nothing? You remember how when you was in middle school, you used to call yourself dating somebody? And y'all was going steady. And y'all just be on the phone breathing. <laughs> what your mama just said? <laughs> was it? Talking about turn the light off. I ain't, ain't going to turn the light off, okay? Watch this. Watch this. Some of y'all remember this. And if they pick up the phone, don't say nothing. My daddy come in here, I'm going to act like I'm asleep. Don't say nothing. But here's the trip. Y'all wasn't even talking about nothing. What you watching? Somebody said Scooby-Doo. <laughs> what you watching? 227. Brenda finna get it. <laughs> Say communication. Okay. So I encourage you to get teachers. If you don't have communication in your foundation, then your foundation is faulty. And it will eventually fail. And it'll fail like this. It'll fail because while it's breaking down, nobody knows how to say, this is breaking down. Everybody just slapping on anointing oil and praying Jesus prayers. And Jesus is like, you got to fix this. Make sense? Here's the last thing. Here's the last thing. Uh, The last thing you got to have. Say must have. For a relationship's foundation, here's what you must have. You must have change. Change. I want to give you a very powerful revelation. Watch this. With the exception of apostolic authority that Jesus gave to the apostles who later became the bishops, which they had the power uh, to do different things. I won't get into that. With the exception of that authority in John chapter 20 that Jesus gives, God, hear me, Harvest, never gave other humans dominion over other humans. Dominion, absolute power, control. Hear hear me, hear me, hear me. He said, the fish of the sea, birds of the air, over everything on the earth, except in another human. Bishop, what are you trying to say? Listen to me very carefully. If the context of your hope for a relationship getting better is based on somebody else changing, you are probably going to be disappointed. 
your prayers don't have dominion over them. They have dominion over you. So if you keep thinking to yourself, well, this is going to get better as soon as they change. Baby, you finna be disappointed. You don't have dominion over them. You have dominion over you. He never gave that with the exception of apostolic authority. And even for, let me just make it clear because somebody's like, what does that mean? Uh, in, in the scriptures that when the people disobeyed and went against the, the uh, flow of the men of God in scriptures, the prophets, the apostles, so on and so forth, uh, they had this uh, ability. You see it in 2 Kings chapter 2 where when they came against the prophet Elisha, Elisha, the scripture says he cursed him in the name of the Lord. But notice this. Notice that when he did that, touch your neighbor and say, this is good for you. When he did that, he didn't have the ability to make them obey. He just had the ability to punish them when they failed to obey. Which means dominion over another human, nobody has. So if you're, if you're saying, this is going to get better as soon as they change. This is going to get better as soon as they do this. I'm here to tell you, you're going to be disappointed because you don't have dominion over another human. You barely got it over yourself. So, Bishop, what are you trying to say? What are you trying to say? Watch this. People change one or two times when they learn enough that they want to or they hurt enough that they have to. Y'all hear? That's it. Not because you keep on telling them. Got it? Okay, let me give you a scripture example and then we're through. We get we through because we got we to do back to school. And get, uh, all right, Luke 17, 32. We were here several weeks ago for another message and uh, I want us to come back here. Luke 17, 32. Luke 17, 32. Very simple verse. This is Jesus speaking, and he's telling the people how to keep moving on their journey. Say, I'm going on a journey. I'm increasing in life. My days of bad relationships are over. My days of lack and scarcity are over. So Jesus, here it is. Jesus tells them, Jesus said to them, remember Lot's wife. One of the shortest verses in the Bible. Now, he was telling them. The way you're going to continue your journey is to remember what this woman did thousands of years earlier. And he says to remember Lot's wife. Now, uh, to remember Lot's wife, we'd have to go to the story. And so uh, Genesis 19, real quick. Uh, if you want to flip there, you can flip there real quick. I just want to show you the story because I need you to get this principle and then, and, then, and then we'll move on. Are you learning something today? Yes. Amen. Say revolution. revolution. Say it again like you mean it. Say revolution. You don't have to be stressed out in relationships all the time. You shouldn't have to be wondering, is this person for me or against me? You shouldn't have to be wondering, can I say this and not say this to them? That's just not, he, he, didn't, die, he didn't die for you to sit up and have jacked up friendships. and He didn't die for that. So say, say remember, Lot's wife. Here it is, Genesis 19.15. So essentially, let me give you the background. God uh, sends two angels, and the angels announced that God was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And, uh, and, and God saying he was going to destroy the city, Sodom and Gomorrah. There's this man named Lot, who is the nephew of Abraham. And uh, Lot's name, you need to know, means hidden motives. In Hebrew, his name means hidden motives. Say hidden motives. See, watch this. If, if, if you sus got suspicions about the motives of the people you're in relationship with, that's your answer. Genesis 19:15. Here it is. So the angels, when the morning dawned, the angels urged Lot to hurry, saying, "Arise, take your wife and your two daughters, uh, are here, lest you be consumed in the punishment of the city." So the angels are like, "Come on, get out of the city, because we're getting ready to throw down. It's getting ready to be some smoke in the city, quite literally." Verse 16, and while he lingered, the men, or the angels in this instance, took his hands, his wife's hands, and the hands of his two daughters. The Lord being merciful to him, and they brought him out and set him outside the city. Look at verse 17. So it came to pass when they brought them outside that he said, escape for your life. Look at their instructions. Do not look behind you, nor stay any way in the plain. Escape to the mountains, lest you be destroyed. Somebody said that's a direct order. He said, do not look behind you. Now look at verse 26. But his wife, whose wife? Lot's wife. She looked behind him. And she became a pillar of salt. Y'all missed the whole principle. She was checking, watch this, not behind herself. But she's checking behind who she's in relationship with. Y'all not understanding the principle. Let me make it real clear. She knew that Lot had hidden motives the whole time. 
but she chose to ignore what was right in front of her because she hoped that she was going to be the reason he changed. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. So she spends all of her time checking behind Lot so she ends up messing up her own journey. Because she's spending all of her life checking behind him. Y'all not going to say nothing to me. If you're honest about the relationships that you've been in of any kind that have hurt you, you knew what you needed to know up front. You just acted like Lot's wife. You just acted like, well, maybe if I keep checking, it'll change. Maybe if I just keep praying, it'll change. Baby, your prayers can change you. Oh, and you only. But you, your prayers do not have the dominion over other people. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. She kept checking behind him. Put that verse up, 1926. But his wife looked behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. Why was she looking behind him, not herself? Because she knew from day one when she met him, his name meant, I got another agenda. I got a whole other plan here. I got a whole other thing I'm working here. And so she ends up losing her life, and he keeps going. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. Spirituality alone, hear me, won't correct what we fail to do in practicality in the foundation. Spirituality alone won't correct, won't always correct, excuse me, what you fail to do in the practicality of your foundation, which means, watch this, the foundation of your relationship cannot be faulty or the relationship will fail. Now, somebody's saying in here, well, Bishop, I'm evaluating some foundations and there's some issues. Well, guess what? You need to go take a look at them foundations and you need to make sure you got your eight must-haves. And here's the deal. Either we get the must-haves that we need or that's God's answer to me that this is over. Well, Bishop, we've been friends for 15 years. Well, you find another friend. My point is, is that all the stress and all the, all, the, all the issues we deal with in relationships are often because we don't want to have tough conversations with ourselves. And say, so, you know what? We need to talk about this foundation. This foundation is laid waste. What can the spiritual do? What can the righteous do? You know what they have to do? They have to go. And they have to go fix the foundation. And if whoever your friend is, whoever you're dating, got it, whatever, if they're not willing to fix the foundation, guess what? In the words of uh, his grace, <laughs> the most reverend Dr. Bright. <laughs> we put so much time into it. That ain't no reason to keep doing wrong. If you can't contribute to me like I contribute to you. It's just that simple. Well, Bishop, the Lord told me, the Lord ain't told you nothing different than what I just said. So let me just go and fix that up. He told you what I just said. That's what he said. That's his book. That's his scriptures. Old church used to say he write out all your scriptures. That's his scripture. <laughs> now I want you to pray this for yourself say Father, Father in the name of Jesus, name of Jesus today, today I, commit to me I commit to me that I love me, I love me enough, enough to want relationships, to want relationships with good foundations, with good foundations. I, love I love me better, better than a messed up foundation So every relationship, I encourage you to take these notes, take the CD, and go through and say, where are we lacking in our must-haves? And guess what? If you got all your must-haves, shout and give Jesus the glory. Not now. <laughs> we got to move. <laughs> but, but if you got all your must-haves, great. If you don't, it's time to do some W, O, And if they're not willing to do the work, they're not worth the time. They're just not. It's not. It's just not. It's just not. Amen? Amen. Did you learn something today? Experiences are what people love the most about travel. 
Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.